Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, the podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Since July of 2021, Jake and his friends have interviewed professionals in the worlds of acting, directing, writing, puppeteering, and many more. Who will they be chatting with in this week's interview? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Bixby, and with me today, as always, are their co-hosts, Matthew Johnson and Matt Bingle, and our hosts, Jake, Def, and Ba. How are you guys? Doing great, great Chris. How about you? We're doing great. Very, very good. Who do we have, Chris? Today, we're very excited about today's interview. He is an actor who you may know as Phineas on Phineas and Ferb, and Greg on Everybody Hates Chris, and we're here to talk about... Uh, both of those things, as well as some other things he's worked on as well. And here he is, Vincent Martella. Vincent, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. I'm doing great. I'm excited to uh, to talk to all of you. Awesome. Very great. My pleasure. Great to have you here. Good to have you here. So to start this off, we know who you are, but for those who don't, would you care to introduce yourself a bit? Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Vincent Martella. Um, I'm an actor who's been in uh, uh, a variety of shows, but obviously the ones that you listed uh, I've worked as Phineas Flynn on the show Phineas and Ferb for um, quite a long time. And um, I was on a show called Every Age Chris when I was a teenager, played Greg on that show. And uh, I've been, you know, just kind of a character actor and a bunch of other things and a, a voice actor now for like over 10 years uh, working on various video games and cartoon films and cartoon TV shows. And uh, yeah, I'm super lucky to have this job. It's a lot of fun. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Can you talk about your background, how you grew up? Sure. Yeah, I, I grew up in Florida. Um, and when I was growing up there, I was sort of near Orlando. I was in a small town, but I, I was like mm-hmm. 40 minutes outside of Orlando. And a teacher of mine, you know, kind of suggested doing like theater and doing, uh, you know, like drama classes and like local theater stuff just because I was very energetic and, and seemed like I liked, you know, hamming it up a bit. And Mm -hmm. because Orlando actually has like a film industry, uh, because in the nineties, you know, they were really trying to make it like a second Hollywood. Right. um, Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up doing uh, just a a bunch of, I did like an acting class there and got an agent and then ended up doing commercials and things like that. And everything was kind of a stepping stone after that, where it was like, I did enough commercials and now I'm in the screen actors guild. And now I'm auditioning for, you know, television. And then, Went out to Los Angeles for pilot season, which isn't as much of a thing anymore. But for your listeners who don't know what that is, pilot season used to be like like end of January through like April. And it was like the time where all the new TV shows started casting. And so that was like the best time to go to Los Angeles to try and like book a role on a TV show. It doesn't really work that way anymore because of streaming and because things are just always happening. Right. Um, but I got lucky when I went out there and uh, I eventually booked a show called Everybody Hates Chris. And... You know, that that was kind of a, a real big jumping off point. And then by the time that was over, you know, I was I was close to 18. I was already working on Phineas and Ferb at that point. I already worked mm-hmm. on a bunch of animated stuff. And I just wanted to take it more seriously. And I was like, no, like, this is something, especially like the final season of Everybody Hates Chris. I remember I spent a lot of time in the writer's office and getting to know all the writers and like seeing how a TV show was made and being like, this is what this looks like if you make this a career. Like, if you want to make this a career is like there's this whole other side of the industry that obviously I was a you know I was a teenager I wasn't really focused on and so as I was like 17 18 I really started like trying to like talk to more creative people and see what I would need to do to 
to keep doing this. And, and luckily, you know, now I'm 30 and, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to keep working on various projects that have kind of, you know, kept this, you know, this, uh, industry alive for me. And it's, it's been great. It's been cool. Wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. All right. So you kind of already answered this, but I'm going to ask you, um, how did asking first come into play for you? Asking first come into play? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really a teacher just kind of encouraging me to start doing local theater or do like acting classes. And yeah, just because of the, of where I was located. Like, I think if I would have done that in a different state that had no film industry, um, or had no commercial industry, mm -hmm. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if I, I if it would have been something I put off until I was an adult, you know, or, or, or what would have occurred, but because of like my location, it ended up being a thing where it was like, Oh, now I actually like have started working on stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I often wonder what would have happened had I not just been in that small town near Orlando. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So still into acting, who are some of your inspirations? You know, uh, that obviously like changes as you get older and you like appreciate mm -hmm. different things. And, you know, I think that works in every industry pretty much as you just find different people who inspire you. But when I was a kid, when I first started acting, number one was Jim Carrey. Like, uh, yes. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Yes. he was just my absolute favorite actor. I loved all his movies. I loved doing impressions of him and like doing his monologues and stuff. And like I, I used some of his monologues from different films to like, you know, do acting classes and stuff when I was a kid. And um, that was a really big one. I mean, now there's so many people uh, between different voice actors like D. Bradley Baker, who I have been lucky enough to work with. He plays Brandon. Yes, Marcus, right. As yeah. well as every other character on every other show. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's someone I really look up to. And, and you know, Billy West and John DiMaggio and um, Seth MacFarlane. And then, you know, regular actors. It's just such a variety of people, you know, uh, kind of ever-changing as I see new people's work. So, yeah, it, it, it ch it's changed a bit. But, I mean, I still have, like, quite a soft spot for Jim Carrey, obviously, just because he's, he was a really big comedian in my life and was mm -hmm. so famous when, when I was a kid, like he was just the biggest thing that had ever happened. I felt like yeah. when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, now one of your earliest acting credits was in the Nickelodeon series, Ned's a classified school survival guide as a character scoop. What was it like working on that show? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I worked on Nezzy Classified right before I booked Everybody as Chris. And that was really fun because um, it was just a, it was also, I feel like kind of uh, the beginnings of me like being able to do voice acting because I was doing like an accent. I was doing a different, like a forties type of voice that I auditioned with that mm -hmm. they liked a lot. And so that gave me experience doing that as well on a set and having like good reception to it. And like having a director be like, Oh, this is cool. Like you can do something vocally. And that was a fun time as a kid. I mean, um, I, at the time, I don't think I realized that that show was like so popular with kids. I, I, mm. I don't know why, but that I, that I missed it. Like I, I didn't realize that that was actually something so many people watched. And that's always a funny one when people talk to me about that, where they're like, Oh my God, you were on that show. I love that show. And somehow, even though I had worked on it, it wasn't like directly in my sphere. I was watching like Drake and Josh Oh yeah, like of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I was watching mm -hmm. like even Stevens on like when a lot. Yeah. Like I was, I for some somehow I wasn't actually watching the class why when I was on it. I didn't really know that it was like. As I've gotten older, I think I've heard more people be like that show was a big part of my childhood. Um, so I think that's funny now, like looking back on it, because it was you know, um, a great opportunity for me too, just because um, it was good experience of being on a set and and yeah and and trying things out and, and 
being able to play. Yeah, it's cool that you mentioned even Stevens. We've had a couple people from that show on mm. in the past. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved that show as a kid. Yeah, yeah, like we had the person who played Beans. He was cool. Oh, Stephen oh he's really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, yes, definitely. Awesome. Yep. Now, before Phineas and Ferb, as you had mentioned, you had worked on Everybody Hates Chris. What was it like working on that? Yeah, everybody at Chris is great, man. That that was a, a great, great time. Uh, that's like all, you know, my, not all of them, but a lot of my formative years because I started working on that when I was like about to turn 13. Mm. And then I ended it right around when I was about to turn 18. I was like 17, I think. Um, and so just the experience of, um, you know, growing into like a young adult on, you know, on that set and being able to like dress up like the 80s and run around and then learn comedy from all these people who had written on all these amazing, you know, comedies, like all of our writers came from some great show and all of them knew so much about comedy and knew how to pitch a joke so well. And, and all of our directors were from, you know, the office and from, you know, mm. uh, uh, you know, monk and all these shows that were so big at the time. And I was getting, like, you know, being taught by these people almost and almost I was, I definitely was. And so that was just such a good learning experience as like, a young adult wanting mm-hmm. to get more into like the entertainment industry and then also just like a young comedian and a young actor. Um, yeah. And everyone on our crew was so awesome. And, you know, with working with younger people and I learned so much from them. And then the weird irony of that show is, you know, so we, we started working on it in 2005, I think. And that was, a, it was on UPN at the time because UPN was a network. And then right, yeah. they changed to the CW and the That's CW kind of figured out like CW was like, we don't want to, you know, we're only doing like young, like hot teen, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like yeah. dramas yeah. and we're like focusing on like gossip girl and then eventually like, like River, Riverdale and, and stuff. Yeah. And then we ended up on Nick at night right after we, yeah. That's right, right yeah. after we were done. That's where I watched and, the show. And that's where so many people like, I got recognized like in public and I was like a senior in high school and like I was getting recognized so often, like it was way more popular than I feel like it had ever been on the CW when it was on Nick at night. And that was so crazy because we didn't even belong on Nick at night. Like Nick at night was actual yeah. shows from the eighties. We just took place there. Like it didn't really even make sense that we were on Nick at night. Um, Cause like we were a modern show. It just happened to take place in the eighties. And it got, yeah, it was, it was way, way, way more successful there. And so it had this weird second life where we were done with the show. And I think everyone was like, oh, my God, are you guys shooting? And I was like, no, we ended that show like a year ago. There's no more episodes ever. Um, and it was such a weird experience like that, where it just got so big when we were well done with it, when we were very much done with it. So, so you brought up um, – this is – a little off topic, but you brought up how you were 13 when you started Everyone's Age, Chris, and then you were 18 when you finished it. How old were you when you started voicing Phineas? Yeah, I, I started voicing Phineas when I was 13. I, I, I started working on Phineas and Ferb right after we finished the first season of Everybody Hates Chris. Uh-huh. And it was it was, oh, wow. it was February of 2006, and we premiered, like, fully premiered, because we had, like, a preview episode that came out, like, after right. High School Musical yeah. 2, I think. But then we had, like, our legit first season in 2008, because animation obviously takes a very long time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I I had done one other animated show for Disney that did not get picked up. 
before, oh, like man. right around the same time I booked Everyday Express, I worked on this other show, and it was it was from the creators of uh, of Recess. Do you guys remember that show? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, love yeah. Recess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Recess. yeah. And it was this it was this 1970s cartoon called Can You Dig It? Oh, and wow. it's hmm. the only time I've ever done an ensemble read. Like we had the full cast in studio. Nobody does that anymore. That is super rare. It's the only project I've ever worked on that did that. And ironically enough, it was also with Ashley Tisdale. Wow. Um, and wow, I think it was that wow. day that we recorded. This is these weird, you know, fun facts for you guys. But I think the day that we recorded that pilot, she, I think she was, um, I think Sweet Life of Zack and Cody was premiering like that night. She was telling oh. all of us to watch it. She was like, I'm on a wow. new show. Wow. <laughs> and then, yeah, then a year later, I, I was working on Phineas and Ferb with her, but yeah, I, I ended up working on that, yeah, right after we started, or right after we finished season one of our beat. So it was all happening right around the same time. It was crazy. Oh, wow. I bet. That is crazy, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you have any favorite episodes of Everybody Hates Chris? Favorite episodes of Everybody Hates Chris? Um, mm, I, we had an early on episode where, like, Chris comes over to my house, and we, like, play Atari together, and, um... You know, my, my dad gets mad at me for like having him over and, and our dads like connect and have a whole thing. And I remember really like loving that episode when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched Everybody Hates Christmas in a long time, but th- I remember that being one of my favorite episodes because like it was like one of the only episodes where we were at my house. Like my character like had a house, like had a house and he like saw his like parents. Saw one <laughs> yeah. of his parents. And so it was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you get to like see like my dad. And, and then he we has a house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has a house. Kind of cool yeah, at the time, so I was like, "Whoa, he has like a dad." <laughs> he has a he has a house and parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of great ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, dude, our writer, our writers were great on that show, and so were our directors. It was it was a a really cool experience. Nice, awesome. Yeah, and it was based yeah. and it was based off of Chris Rock's real life too. Yeah, loosely, like they were very loose, but but it was yeah. There were there were some right. uh, truth in there for sure, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he was pretty involved in the show early on. I mean, for season one, he was there a lot. In season two, and he directed a couple episodes. He was oh, in wow. one. He was in one episode, and that was cool because I actually got to like act with him. Um, yeah, and like you had to him. act with Chris Rock. Yeah, I think we had like a couple scenes together. He was like our guidance counselor. I'm pretty sure in an episode. Oh my! Oh gosh. wow! That is yeah. that that's crazy. Cool. That's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. How did you land the voice of Phineas Flynn on Phineas Verb? Yeah. So, uh, so basically, I got my audition for Phineas and Verb the same way you get every audition, just like through your agent. It would give me art and a breakdown of the character, and I read a couple scenes for them, and they didn't like it. And they were like, no, thank you. And then they had me audition for Verb. And then they were like, also, no, thank you. And I was like, okay. And then they they called me back for Phineas. And I like went to Disney Studios, like in mm-hmm. you know, in Los Angeles at Buena Vista Studios. And I read for them in studio. And they were like, no, 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 seriously, no, thank you. And um, <laughs> then like six months later, um, when when I was back in Florida, because we had finished shooting everybody it's Chris. Um, I got a call from my agent and they were like, do you remember something called Phineas and Ferb? Because they want you to like record the pilot like next week at Disney World. <laughs> and what it ended up happening was, was, uh, you know, our, the wonderful, uh, casting department, um, Sarah Sherman, who's still a, an amazing, uh, casting director and voice director. Um, 
she found my audition tape and really fought for me. And she was like, I really, I, I like this kid's audition. You, you know, you guys should really take a look at it harder. And they had already cast someone to play Phineas, an adult, because also people don't like using kids to play kids because our voices change. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Which does yeah. make sense. But I, you know, they, t they told me, hey, you know, we, we have someone, but we want you to record the whole pilot and we'll see what we like better. But we have an adult who's already done the whole pilot. And I went in and they told me before, I think it was, um, I think it might have been the early scene where, you know, how a lot on Phineas and Ferb, they, you know, someone will say, aren't you a little, uh, you know, young to be doing so-and-so? Mm -hmm. yeah. I just go, yes, yes, I am. And yeah. whenever I whenever I did that, I think that was the line where that was a scene that Dan and Swampy, the two creators, were like, "That's him." We yeah, yeah. We, sorry, sorry to to, to the uh, other oh, voice actor to the adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I and I I found that out much later that that was like the scene. But yeah, then I I did it all by myself at a studio at Disney World. I wasn't with anybody else. I was literally in a giant room by myself. Couldn't see anybody. I was just hearing them over you know over ISDN, you know, in the cans. And um, I ended up uh, w working on it for, yeah, 10 years. Yeah, long time. I, yeah. Could, well, I couldn't imagine, I could just got to tell you, I couldn't imagine anyone else voicing Phineas. Thank you. Me, me neither, me neither. That, that's me just neither. like, that. Thanks, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people will often ask me too, just about, is especially for like interview purposes everyone's like well pick a favorite of like something you've done or like a, something that that's you think is the best and a lot i i phineas specifically holds like such a good place like in my heart and it's such a special i mean that is a long time 10 years i mean it's yeah. more than 10 years that because we it did was, our feature we did our feature yeah. in 2020 and we, i come back to do phineas again but mm -hmm. like having anything in your life that long is a very long time to be doing anything and then you also let did alone, the Milo Murphy's Law episode. Yeah, yeah. Let, let alone being so, able to do a character that then really meant a lot to a lot of people. And so that yeah, it, he's a really special character for me, and and, uh, and I, I don't take that for granted because he it's it's very very cool. Yeah, and and it was one of Disney's most popular uh, animated shows. Still is. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. We did we did really really well for Disney, which was awesome. And there's so many. I was I was at a convention recently, like at a, at a Comic Con, and I was I was talking on a panel about this, where it's like the very specific Disney things that I've been a part of because of Phineas and Ferb, where like there there were like Phineas and Ferb walk around characters at the park, and like yeah, people in, you know, yeah, that's them. right, yeah, and like yep. <laughs> like just being honest with you guys, like just being like like this, most likely I will never work on something that gets that again. Like that is really rare. Yeah. That is such a rare thing where you have those characters like in the Christmas parade and like doing yeah. meet and greets. Like I'd have to work on a huge Pixar movie or something. Like I'd have to work or one of the Disney animations like, and a lot of times they cast very famous people to play those roles, you know, like, yeah, like actual course, celebrities. Yeah. So just Definitely. the odds of me ever getting to do something like that again, that gets to have that or like, there's a pair of the platypus like Mickey ears that people wear at yeah. the park. Like, like, there's just things like that that I was exposed to because of this job that, like, truly are mind-blowing. Just even as an actor where I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever get to be part of something that has that type of impact yeah. on Disney again. And and it's cool, man. It's it's really, really cool. It, it, it was an awesome experience. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, 
And there was also, speaking of the Dizzy Walker, there was also a Phineas and Ferb tour, a live show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. at California that. Adventure, and we, we had an attraction at Epcot. They just changed it to DuckTales, but we oh. had an attraction at Epcot as well where you'd, like, use your cell phones, like an Agent P yeah. thing around the showcase. Yeah, the Perry the Potbus thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's it's wild, and um, it's just really cool. It's it's something that I, yeah, that I, I, I can't believe it was a part of my career. I know. Definitely. Um, in terms of uh, Phineas and Ferb, what was it like uh, working with all the other uh, voice actors, or I should say actors in the crew for the first time? Yeah, I mean, what was crazy about Phineas and Ferb, too, is, is we had so many amazing, like, guest actors. Oh, like, yeah. A lot of really yeah. famous voice actors and live-action actors, actors of every kind, were part of the show, not just because we, had, we were lucky to have so many episodes, but also because their kids liked the show, and so they wanted to be part of it, you know? And yeah, yeah. We'd have stuff where like Ben Stiller would be on an episode, and like you know, oh, like yeah, TFA yeah. would do something, and you know, it w- also because you know, as I mentioned earlier, like I never, um, I never worked with any of the other actors really in booths. Like I, I mean, there was like a handful mm. of times where I'd have to record. Like we were in a time crunch, and so I'd be like thrown in the studio real quick to do like one scene with somebody. But um, I got to know everyone more like in between sessions because we'd all be at the studio, or, you know, kind of or at panels or at, yeah. at yeah. Comic Con or at, you know, the Emmys or some promotional event. But, um, I got to know obviously Dan and Swampy, the creators, and also Dan plays Dubenschmertz and Swampy played major monogram. I know them really, really well because they were at almost, I mean, they were at a lot of the records. Like it, it was one or the other and sometimes yeah. both like near closer towards the end then it was both of them all the time. But Dan was directing so many episodes. Like he was at the studio, he was at the animation studio, he was all over the place, him and Swampy. But I, I got to know them the best. And uh, um, that was really great. Cause I mean, I I, I loved mm-hmm. their work before I worked with them on Phineas and Ferb, you know, and they would they would give me yeah. some of their doodle their doodles and stuff that I still have on like my wall to this day. I just like some of their original oh. drawings. And That's Dan nice. is still working. Dan is still working for Disney because he they just premiered yeah. his new show, Hamster and Gretel. So he's still yeah. working for Disney. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, what was crazy about Hamster and Gretel? I was I forget who I was talking about this recently, but um, I think it was at the convention actually. Still, but uh, someone was asking me about that show, and I was like, it's so crazy because during the early part of the pandemic, I was living in New York, and you know, New York was very shut down. You know, you couldn't go yeah. anywhere. Like it was, it was ghost town. Yeah, and uh, Los Angeles was pretty shut down too, and so me and Dan were just in our house, and we, we we were talking all the time. Like we were talking like once a day, and at least. And he was sending me his animatics for his new show for Hamster and Gretel, and he was t- telling me all about it. So I was there. I, I felt like I had like the inside track on like what that show was going to be two years before it premiered, and just seeing all the early stuff and him talking about who he was hiring, like which writers he wanted to bring in and stuff, and. Yeah, Dan's crazy talented. I mean, so is Swampy. They both are, and they're you know they're always gonna they're always gonna be ma- making something. The, the two of them are very very talented. Definitely, yeah. yes, they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it also keeps that same style that Finny, it like looks like it keeps that same style that Finny's and Ferb had, like the kind of animation. So animation just, style, yeah, yeah. Dan certainly has like like an aesthetic that his yeah. um, that his animation looks like, especially in kind of this universe that he's. Um, he's built on Disney, 
um, the, the Dan Pop and Myers Cinematic Universe. I, and, I hope, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope Phineas gets to visit Hamster and Gretel. That would be cool. That would be that cool. That would be cool. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could definitely see it happening sometime in the future. Yeah, since mm-hmm. it happened with Milo Murphy, I can see it happening. Oh, yeah. With, with Hamster yes. and Gretel. Definitely. It might. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. we'll have to see what the future holds. Yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, you know, you can't already did. I actually want to say it to it. So I know, so I know Matthew wants, 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 yeah. wants Phineas. To, I want to, so basically, Matthew wants where, um, where Phineas wants to say, hey, Ferb, what, what do you want to do today? What you what I know what we're gonna do today. Yeah. You should can you say that in Phineas's voice? Yeah. Um Shelper, what do you want to do today? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh that's my gosh. Good. All right. That's awesome. So it's another cr- Oh go ahead, Matthew. It's crazy that you can still do the voice for Phineas. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I mean it's at- it's it's uh you know, it I, I don't think it'll ever leave. I think it's it's always gonna be um, you know, something I'll I'll be able to have and be able to do and uh you know, it's it. What's crazy is uh, I remember when we were doing the movie. It was just so mm-hmm. weird stepping back in and, and and doing it after you know yeah. it was like a two three year break that I hadn't yeah. done anything with Phineas. Because we're just stepping back into the studio and and recording the the movie was crazy. Just uh, after that, you know, amount of time. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. So how how I'm also kind of curious. How did the voice for Phineas like come about? Like yeah, did yeah. they have like certain Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I tried a couple things for it, but, you know, something that, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, with animation, a lot of time, they give you the character breakdown as they would for any audition you're reading for, but they also give you the art. And the art I find so important when I'm doing voice acting and when I'm mm-hmm. reading for a cartoon, um, because that's so important to see what if your voice yeah. will fit, if your voice w- would look like that. And it doesn't always have to match. Sometimes it's funnier when it doesn't, but... Um, they really stress that Phineas is very imaginative and very creative and very excited and very passionate about all these inventions. And his mm-hmm. main, his main character traits are, you know, his optimism and, yeah. and I wanted to use a voice that it would almost sound weird if I wasn't happy. And it would almost like, yeah. you wouldn't want to hear that. Yeah. Voice yeah. Sound sad. I, yeah. I wanted it to be but, a voice that like, that makes you smile. Like when you hear it, you're just like, Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so, yeah. that's such an adorable, like, like, fun, to me. Yeah, yeah, and so that was really my main goal doing that, and uh, I think it had that effect. I think I think that's, that's I think it worked out. Yeah, yes, and really and there were there were a couple of times when Phineas got upset. So yeah, and it was weird, and it was it was definitely weird hearing that. So yeah, the, I think the only the only times that he really got upset, they're like in our Disney Channel Special movie episodes. that we did. Yeah, he got very upset, and then also I yelled at Candace to get on a trike once. And, <laughs> and I think there was a joke made that that um, that once when 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 you yelled at Candace, Buford had said like, I, "Oh, it's he, he's yelling at Candace. It must be a special episode or something like that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's, yeah. it's pretty rare. Yeah, yeah. So now this may be a hard question to answer, but do you have any favorite episodes or inventions that Phineas and Ferb built? I do have a favorite episode. Yeah, I, I have. I have like probably my top two episodes. I, I really like. We did an hour long special. Both of them are hour long specials. Uh, but the the hour long special that we did called "Summer Belongs to You." Oh my god! Oh yes, I love that. that's the classic. Yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorite yeah. episodes. That's the get on the track episode. But also, it, yeah. it has my favorite song in it, which is "Summer Belongs to You." The song oh. me and, and right. Ashley sing at the end. Yeah, I mean nice. that's just like a legitimate like pop hit that they wrote. Like that song is so so good. 
Um, it is so yeah. good. Yes, that's like one, so of, one of their best, and I, and I think that Dan and Swampy agree with me on that one. Where I'm like, I think that was the best song you guys ever wrote for the show. Like, I think that they're both free on on the same page on that one. Um, yeah. but then the other of my top is uh, we did a Star Wars episode. Oh and, yeah, Star that's Wars right. episode. Oh yeah, I, I love Star Wars, and so just seeing once again, this is another thing that like could only happen when working on this show and working for Disney because now they own Lucasfilm. Was being yeah. able to do something like the art, like seeing our characters and in like Star this... Wars, like aesthetic and with like lightsabers. Like I was so bummed that they didn't sell any action figures. I wanted oh my gosh. action figure oh, with, with him dressed so as a bad. Jedi. Yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah, because so, he was wearing so the, like the Jedi good. robes. He was wearing like the Jedi robes in there. So that was he's wearing very like rude. Luke's Luke's Tatooine episode from New Hope, basically. Like the whole yeah, time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would really love that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good episode. I, I think I remember seeing it when it premiered. And, and again with with Star Wars because y'all had because Disney had Marvel they did a Marvel episode which was yeah. which was very and Mission Marvel yeah Mission mm-hmm. Marvel was and and when you talk about the songs just brought up Phineas and Ferb I've said this multiple times has some of the best music I have ever heard the songs like I don't think there is a bad song in any episode of Phineas and Ferb Thank you. Yeah. I mean, our uh once again I mean that's that's our our fantastic mm-hmm. writers and a lot of times you know they'd They'll write these songs in a, in a writing session with, you know, some guitars and, and, and you know, get something out. And then right. they'll, they'd send it to Danny Jacob, who uh, who would then turn it into whatever theme they wanted it to sound like or whatever style of music. And I mean, we covered so many genres because of that. And it was just um, the work that they did was so, so good. And uh, and I was lucky enough that they let me, you know, I, I got to sing a number of them as Phineas um, because, yeah, there are definitely a lot of people who uh, will send me their Spotify raps. You know, at the end oh, of the yeah. year, yeah, and they have, you know, yeah. they have songs that I sang and stuff, and that is that is yeah. really crazy because I'm, you know, I'm not a professional musician, um, <laughs> but because of Phineas and Ferb, I've actually worked on a lot of professional yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have, and, and people amazing. actually listen to it. It's it's crazy. Like it is, it's such a crazy thing that so many people listen wow. to like me, Are, me singing as this character all the time. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around Christmas, I always listen to your ver- your version of Run Rudolph Run. Yeah. That you yeah. sang that is on my Spotify Christmas playlist. And oh, I awesome. love that version. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. It is yeah, I, I, I recorded that like in Danny's home studio. I like went to and, and we recorded that together. And wow. Yeah, that that was a, a really fun time. I, I was so excited that we were doing a Christmas album. Yeah, it, it, and I I know it's this episode won't go out when it's Christmas, but I did recently rewatch the Christmas Vacation episode. Yes, which is I actually very, did. Yes. Yeah, and yes. I love that where y'all where y'all build where y'all build Santa a rest stop and everything. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Be, In general, like I I find that like holiday themed episodes of like TV shows, like your favorite TV shows, mm-hmm. um, they have like such a like nostalgic feeling and like make you feel like a kid yeah. again. And so like. I remember mm-hmm. like seeing once again, like just even seeing like the art of our characters doing Christmas stuff and doing doing Halloween stuff was always really, yeah. really cool. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I, I hope that this is stuff that like people make part of their. Oh, like, yeah, I watch like, like, they added into like all their holiday movies that they're watching or holiday episodes of, you know, of Charlie Brown or The Office or whatever. Yeah, they're watching, and they just like cycle it in. And and you, yeah, usually people will send me, you know, that they're watching it. And so that's. That's uh, a pretty fun thing that's now like part of people's lives. I watch that every ever. I watch that every Christmas. So oh, that's it's awesome! Part of- I'm so glad to hear that. Yes, 
Same. Yeah, I did. Yeah, before the interview, I actually did watch that um, Christmas Vacation and also for the family um, Christmas, which is really crazy. Like Kelly Clarkson was even part of that. Yeah, yeah our like our like musical special that we that we yeah, did where uh-huh. we had Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what's the? I think the joke in that one I haven't seen it long. Is like we we won't let her sing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah as we as we was. don't let her sing, she keeps wanting to sing, and we never let her sing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and oh, uh, I wanted to add on one thing. Uh, speaking of musical guests, I know because y- y'all had for the to promote the movie, y'all had the song "Kick It Up a Notch" with Slash. Oh yes. That was that was because that was the first movie y'all did across the second dimension which i actually have it right here oh nice yeah yeah, yeah. so this yeah, one, we, i remember watching this when it premiered so yeah we did a really cool we did like a whole premiere for that and everything at like the el capitan in hollywood it was crazy yeah, yeah no um uh slash is like a huge fan of animation and an artist himself i guess he designed a lot of the album covers for guns and roses which i didn't know yeah, yeah. um and he's a huge animation fan and was super stoked to write a song with Dan Swampy. And I remember that they they recorded with him all his stuff in L.A. And I was in Florida still because I, I still lived there when I wasn't shooting Everybody Hates Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent me a video of him in the studio, like like an old cell phone video, not like a not like a nice iPhone video, like a you know on like a a, a BlackBerry or something. And um, it was him making fun of me for being a diva lead singer for not being there. Um, and it was him, you know, giving me a hard time. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. And then they did like a photo shoot and like a whole thing with him, like a promotional thing. And they invited me to it. And then he was like, you know, wearing the slash outfit. Like he's like, looks like slash. And he met me and he's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm such a fan of your work. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Slash. Why are you telling me you're a fan of mine? Um, you're, you're slash. And he like <laughs> laughed at me, and I was like, "Yeah, this is crazy, dude! Like, I'm a huge fan of yours, and uh, this is awesome. I'm just a big fan of animation and a big fan of art, and uh, that was really crazy. That was really crazy. That is awesome. Yeah, earlier I actually did watch a little coaster on the Candace was her head, aka the very first episode of the show. Same, yeah. This winter yeah. too, so great. Yeah, it's still a, a really solid, really solid pilot episode, and they oh yeah they did they did something for that. And I thought, I mean, it was really helpful for me too because I hadn't done a lot of animation. But you know, when they before I recorded that pilot, before I went to Disney World to do that, yeah. they sent me a um, VHS tape because um, this was 2005 and people still use them, um, uh, or 2006. And wow, it was this tape that they made that they were sending out to everybody in the cast that had a whole intro, a Dan and Swampy intro talking about why they made the show when they first wrote the show, which they wrote it originally. They started like writing the show in like 1992. Yeah, I know. They started it long before it it got picked up. Yeah. And so they talked to me about like what the show was about, what they wanted to do with it. And then they showed an animatic, you know, the storyboards of the whole episode with Dan reading everybody's voice and (laughs) showing kind of of what the humor of the show was, like what the style Mm -hmm. of the show was. And I thought that was super helpful because, like, bare bones, like, if someone tells you what Phineas and Ferb is about, it might be confusing if you had never seen Phineas and Ferb before, where it's like, oh, yeah, there's these two brothers, they're always, they have a platypus who's also a secret agent, who, like, and there's, there's, you know, <laughs> and then they guy, like, who, who, who invents an invention that's always going to mess up whatever the invention is Phineas and Ferb are making. Like, it is a little bit odder of a concept when you've never seen it before. And so it's just, there's so many yeah. layers to it also. Cause yeah. there's, and, there's the, platypus, very helpful. 
So like teach me. Yeah, there's the there's like the evil plot. There's because you follow two. You usually follow two storylines. You follow Phineas and Ferb. You follow you follow Perry and Doofenshmirtz, merch, and then sometimes you'll follow Candace. Candace, yeah. Sometimes you have a third yeah. story, yeah. And they yeah, all, they all so. have to collide at the end and mess each other's situation up. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. Candace will come back. Phineas and Ferb's invention is gone when she's trying to bust them, Whoa! and then at the same, yeah. what? Look at this. Yeah, Look and then this. and then Perry <laughs> will come back. Oh, there you are, Perry. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Perry. <laughs> And um, and I do love the episodes. The few times where Phineas has got to interact with Doofenshmirtz, that, that oh that, yeah, like in the, in both of the movies, he in both of the movies he's got to interact with Doofenshmirtz, and I just thought those were hilarious when he interacts with. And I specifically across the second dimension when he when when he figures out that um when he uh when Perry's trying to stop him from opening the portal, and he's just doing Perry's just doing all kinds of stuff about trying to give away his identity so yeah i uh i like when you mix and match characters and they yeah interact with each other when you don't really you know you you haven't really seen these characters with each other a lot i like that Mm -hmm. these shows in general and so it's fun when we do it in ours yeah yeah Yeah. definitely yeah who are some of your favorite celebrity guest stars that have appeared on the show um yeah, I mean, I uh, you've listed some of them because, uh, like, you know, having Slash was really cool. Um, yeah. I, I really appreciate we had Seth MacFarlane on an episode, and I oh, yeah. loved yeah. Family Guy when I was a teenager. I mean, I still I still like it now, but mm-hmm. like at that time, I remember I was just like, oh my god, like I I never worked on Family Guy or American Dad, but like I hope someday that I get to. I, I've auditioned for them before, but um, I love Seth MacFarlane just as like a voice actor. Like I think he is unbelievably talented, and so. Having him on the show was really cool. And Dan worked on a ton of Family Guy before he worked on Phineas and Ferb. Like, he had won Emmys oh, wow. for working on Family Guy. Um, a lot of their early, like, first four seasons, like, a lot of their biggest episodes, Dan directed them. Um, wow. Yeah, like, you know, the the big uh, musical number, the, like, Shapoopy you know, number from, like, one of, it was one of their big famous numbers on, like, the Patriots episode that they did. Yeah. He did that episode. He did... All the road to episodes, they have like a road to Rhode Island one. They have like a road to Europe one. Like they have a road to all these different places or whatever. All those ones in the beginning, he did those as well. And so I knew his work really well um, as a teenager. And so I, I I thought it was cool getting to work with Seth MacFarlane. Nice, really nice. I I, I uh, speaking of episodes, I also really love um, the episode, dude. We're getting the band back together. That's another oh really my, good one. That, that has yeah, that has really good songs in it also. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, I remember they sent me the the tapes back of all those songs, and I w- I just couldn't believe how it all sounded because that was one of the earliest songs that I was doing. That might have been before Get You Get You Goo. I'm not sure, but it was. I don't think. I think Get You Get You Goo is prior to that. It's first. Okay. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I just know that. I know the episode. That episode was. It was pretty early. Like I, I was not used to hearing like my own music from the show that I had yeah. done, and so that was really cool. And also like. Steve Zahn was in it, and I love Steve Zahn oh, so yeah. much, even still. Um, yeah. And I got to sing with him, so that's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, that, that's a great episode. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Definitely. So in 2011, we had brought this up earlier. The first Phineas and Ferb movie, Phineas and Ferb the movie Across the Second Dimension, was released. Now, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a much longer project than the episode yeah. what, what was like working on that movie 
I mean, we were all super excited that they were giving us the chance to do that because it's just it's a longer form. You can you can play with different ideas when you have an hour and a half versus an hour even. And, you know, uh, we had to have, like, like I said, we had a big premiere and the carpet was like the color of Perry. Like instead of a red carpet, yeah. it was like a teal carpet. Oh and yeah. yeah, yeah, it was at like it was at Disney's theater. It was at the El Capitan. So it was just like a whole big event. And working on it was great because the ideas and the concepts in it were really fun. And um I had to play like two different versions of Phineas. Like I got to yeah. play two different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recorded most of that, if not all of it in Florida. I, I recorded that from, from behind Disney world still. And um, and then they did kind of like a sequel, like an episode with, with the characters from the movie, with the second dimension characters, the tales from the resistance. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. yeah I actually forgot about that for a second. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, a lot of it's, episodes. it's hard to keep track sometimes. Oh, it yeah. was in the last season, so... I mean, there were only, okay. like, a couple hundred of them. <laughs> yeah. There's so many so days. Is, there's only... That's why I think the show needs... Because there's only so many days of summer. Yeah. So, yeah, and there's only, there's only 104 of them, so... The, yeah. yeah. Jerry, Jerry Reddick did a great job singing the theme. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they did not... That's that's Bowling for Soup, the band Bowling for Soup. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, right. yeah. yeah. Love Bowling for Soup. Yeah. Bowling a for lot of people think that's me. I know, you. like I knew it wasn't you, but the voice does kind of sound like you a little bit. That's yeah. what everyone says, and I'm like, no, that's not me. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I have sing. You only do the singing for videos. Uh, and that's not him doing it. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Wow, I don't think that's I've crazy. Either. Yeah, like wow. I, I could kind of hear it a little bit, but I, I, I just knew it wasn't you. Like even before I knew it was bowling for soup, I knew that it mm-hmm. wasn't you because I they was, had right, that, right. and they had that done before I worked on the show. Like I, the day I worked okay. on the show, they played it for me. Like when I when I worked on the pilot, because I had to wow. add in the I had to add in the little call and response things that I have. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. They, yeah. They, uh-huh. played, they played it for me. Yeah, I, that song, the theme song, was already done by the time that I even recorded it. But yeah, for some reason, a lot of fans have thought that it was new for. I don't know. <laughs> all right wow so before we ask the next question i do have something to sh- another thing to show because um um this is something i owned oh yeah, yeah. The nintendo ds game yeah, uh, yeah. yep oh, wow i that's cool i own a, i think i own another one i think i used to own the movie game on the wii so that's what i was gonna say there's the wii game as well yeah so, and then we did we did Disney Infinity, which didn't yeah. oh, I was not Disney successful. Infinity. Like it, like over, like they, yeah. they discontinued it. But yeah. that was really cool. I thought that was going to yeah. be such a big deal. Yeah, I missed yeah, Disney yeah. Infinity. I do too. It was so good. Yeah. Oh now, did God. you record? Did you record special voice lines for Disney Infinity? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. what's we would always record anything that was product related. I would record somewhere else. I would record with like a different department at, at Disney. Similarly, like. The stuff at the parks, I had to record that at like Disney Imagineering. Like it's a it's a different group of people. Yeah. Um, wow. What was cool is whenever I would go somewhere to like record like those video games or like the toys where you like squeeze me and my you know my squeeze the doll and my voice comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I would do that at the product department, and I would always see someone who was like a Disney legend there, because um, they were also recording for products. So I would see like the voice of Minnie Mouse like walking out of the oh my studio, gosh. or like or like Bill Farmer who does like Goofy, and I was just be like, oh my gosh, like these are the it's them these are the actual people who have grown up like listening yeah. to these disney like yeah. icons and i would always see them at the that recording studio so that those are all my memories of like doing those games and stuff is just being so starstruck like talking to to rosie who uh who's unfortunately not with us anymore but she played Minnie and she just sounded like Minnie when she spoke and it was just wild 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, do you have any in- any funny or interesting behind the scenes story from your time working on Phineas and Ferb and Everybody Hates Chris? No. No, can you imagine? No. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if I was like, no, I don't, not a single one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I think one of my earliest uh, fun things on on Phineas and Ferb was like, uh, I remember this was like the, fir- the first couple of episodes that we started recording once we got picked up. There was like a big, you know, like six, seven month gap after we the pilot, but then when we started recording the first season. Right. Um, and I had to do something where Phineas was underwater. Okay. And Swampy uh-huh. was was voice directing me like he, he always did, and uh, he was like, the way that voice actors do this is you put a bunch of water in your mouth and you do it with the water in your mouth. And so I kept doing it, and I was like choking in like like in the studio with like water all over myself. Oh no! He was just laughing at me, and he was like, "I can't believe you keep doing this." He's like, "Why do you keep doing it?" And I was like, "Because you told me." to do it you told me yeah and he was like i didn't think you'd keep doing it like how have you not noticed everyone laughing at you um <laughs> that was a fun early where i was like okay i need to i need to learn that you know there's, everyone's having a lot of fun here and this is gonna be a very fun place to work because I, I found it hilarious too at the time um so yeah so this brought up a, another thing when you brought up the early episodes because i thought of this because of the episode where they have, you remember the episode where they were, where they had the cows and they had to wrangle all the cows up. Every time we go into a mall, we, me and my sister used to start singing the mall song in the mall. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That song. Yeah. So, I love that. I forgot one. about that. I totally forgot about that. That's great. Yeah. I love <laughs> that, that one. That episode is grained <laughs> in my mind, and that song is grained in my mind too. They're all ingrained well, in my mind. I'm I mean, glad. they're yeah. so memorable. Well, them are ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many yeah. good ones. Do you still keep in touch with anybody from Everybody Hates Chris or Phineas and Ferb? Yeah, probably more so from Phineas and Ferb because I, I worked on it longer and I worked on it more recently. Of course. Um, yeah. yeah, and I worked on it for such a such a length of time, and I was you know an adult when I was working on it. Still, like you know, I was I was in my twenties. Um, and so I keep in touch with people from Phineas and Ferb a lot, actually, um, especially Dan and Swampy. Oh yeah. Me, sometimes Allison, um, and definitely David, um, who plays Ferb. Now he, uh, yeah, he came on to start working with us when we did the, the feature. Me and David are good friends, and so I, I keep in touch with him quite a bit. Um, and then from everybody, it's Chris. Not as much like we do sometimes. Like like Terry just the other day tagged me in something on Instagram when we were DMing each other. And oh nice. Um, uh, I, I recently saw Tyler randomly, just uh, who plays Chris, um, and is now doing great work on Abbott Elementary. Um, That's right, yeah. I, I randomly ran into him um, moving into my new apartment. Like, move, like, like I just got in this apartment recently, and oh wow! While I was moving in, he was like at the stoplight next to me, like where I was moving my stuff in, and we ended up like talking briefly, and then we were texting each other. So I was like, "That's crazy <laughs> serendipity!" Like, I just I was moving in that day. Like, how did that happen? Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so occasionally, but definitely more so uh, my colleagues I've worked with like more recently. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Do you have any Phoenix of Verb or Everybody Hits Chris memorabilia or anything from a work that review that you like to show or you can talk about? I don't have anything I can show you right now because like I said, I just moved in here and I did not bring any memorabilia uh, with me yet. I, I have a lot of it no at like my, my, my parents' house. Mm, um, yeah. Like I have a lot of it in like boxes and things like that, but um 
some of my favorite stuff that I have. Like from Everybody Hates Chris, I don't really have that much. I have like some like yeah. gifts that they gave us like when we worked on set. Like mm-hmm. like the high school that we went to, like they gave us like a t-shirt or something. It doesn't fit me anymore. Like I was a kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Like I, I kept it. Like there's like a backpack that says Everybody Hates Chris on it, but I'm not going to like walk around with that and like use it. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but for Phineas and Ferb, I have a lot of really good stuff because Phineas and Ferb is, uh, we were we were like right at the end of I feel like when kids were playing with like toys mm-hmm. more yeah. than electronics, and so we were, we were right like we weren't in that like SpongeBob was really the last like where oh my god like you couldn't go to class without seeing everyone in the backpack with the folders and with the yeah, you know, yeah all of this course. product yeah. right mm-hmm. before smartphones, but like the first half of Phineas. We still had that, and Toys R Us was open. I remember Toys R Us. Oh, yeah. Oh, so much like, Mason Ferb stuff. Yeah, yeah I, remember. I remember seeing it. Same, yeah, yeah, and some of the, some of the coolest ones for me is is uh, the Phineas and Ferb Pez dispenser because once again, yes, I don't know if yes. I'll ever work. Like people collect those, That's and like right. I don't, but like. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever work on anything again where I get my own Pez dispenser. That's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I I have a box like it's empty, but it's it's a box of our we had mac and cheese. Like craft uh, mac and cheese. Yeah, oh, that's gosh. right. That and would craft doesn't make they don't make that many different types of their mac and cheese, and they like that's really cool yeah. too. So I, I had that on like, my bookshelf. Um, and that I got, I got various action figures. Too. Sorry. That wouldn't pro- that part wouldn't be very. I mean, I don't know. Does mac and cheese ever go bad? Definitely. <laughs> it's definitely a perishable thing yeah and and i have the the perry the platypus mickey ears from walt disney world oh yeah yeah. of course i had had to put my name on the back and like engrave it and that's one of the coolest (laughs) yeah that's one of the coolest things i own that that's that's from the show nice yeah nice nice so uh we had talked about it a little bit earlier but um how did it feel getting to reprise your role for uh candace against the universe that was great. I was super excited about that. I, I knew it's one of those things that like, once you work in the industry of entertainment, I don't know why I worded it that way uh, long mm-hmm. enough. Um, you kind of just like hear stuff like earlier on and you go, all right, well, I'm not really going to believe that that's happening until I'm like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause mm-hmm. like so many things don't end up happening. Like, you get told, Hey, we're going to do this. And then it doesn't materialize for one reason or another. There's a lot of people involved. And so I had heard maybe in 2016 or 2017, like, hey, we might be doing a feature. It looks like Disney is going to do a streaming service. We don't know what's going on, but we're starting to write something. And then they they had a really good strip for something that Disney did not go with. And I do hope someday we get to do that script. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they wrote a whole other script, and that's what you guys got, which is Kansas Against the Universe. Mm-hmm. But even after I'd read the script, I was like, all right, I mean, like, let's see, like, if we ever do it. And then I think it was 2018, we we started shooting it. And then we finished it. I finished during it in pandemic. my apartment. Yeah, because of the pandemic. Didn't, wasn't it during the pandemic? They yeah, it was, it was in my apartment in New York. I, I finished it. Like, Disney sent me a, uh, it looked like something that, like, the government would send you, like, like, <laughs> like this, like, big black box that had Gosh. all kinds of equipment in it. And they were like, I had to like get on Zoom with them and soundproof a New York City apartment. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I made my whole bedroom as soundproof as I could. And then I, you know, had to turn off all the air and then just sit yeah. in, in there and record for a couple of hours. And I had to hot. record music in there too. I had to record like a whole song. Um, wow. It's been hot. 
Yeah, I was like pouring sweat by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but black box being sent to you totally not suspicious at all. That, no, that, that, it, yeah, it had it had like microphones and like a laptop and like different equipment and like a like a you know uh, wow preamp and all this different stuff that I was supposed to use and yeah, then they directed me exactly how to put it all up and we mm -hmm. finished it. Nice, really nice. nice. All right. Overall, how does it feel to know that Phineas and Ferb and Everybody Hates Chris has been have become such a successful such a success throughout their runs? I mean, it, it uh, you know it's, it's not something I take for granted. It's it's um, uh, I would have been lucky to have worked on you know one successful uh, TV show, and luckily mm -hmm. I, I've been able to work on a couple of them. And I know that these two are. are um, things that mean a lot to people. And, and what's really crazy is, uh, you know, I'm not super involved on TikTok, mm. but Phineas and Ferb, the, all of our music ends up being big on TikTok. And like, there's yeah. all kinds of trends and stuff. Like just recently, the squirrels in my pants trend. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. Band, like Jimmy yeah. Fallon did it. Like, it's crazy that these like, yeah, it's just a thing that's still in people's lives. And so it's, um, yeah. it seems like a new generation found the show. And I've definitely had people tell me that they grew up watching and they're showing it to their kids now. And, yeah. and that's just wonderful. That's just a, uh, a really, a really special thing to be a part of something that people want to pass down to their, you know, their kids. And it's so much easier to access now that all the seasons are on Disney plus. We have the season, yeah. we have all four seasons, the move, both of the movies. Both movies and so, yeah. Definitely. So now it's much easier to show people now that it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, we never because we never sold like DVD box sets. That was never a thing yeah. that we did. And, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's we like never did like that. Yeah, like stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I or think this. I think Nickelodeon mostly did the, yeah. those box sets. The, yeah, those box sets. I think Nickelodeon mostly did that with their shows. Yeah, yeah. Disney, Disney did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be cool to see. I mean, even though it is on Disney Plus, it would be cool to see a box set because they did that yeah. with the Proud Family. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right, they did. Yeah, maybe someday. I mean, it's hard to predict um, what Disney. Disney will do with that type of stuff. Yeah. Also, Disney does revivals of, and like they release stuff from their vault, and they like they have a whole oh, yeah system yeah. going on. So I, you yeah. know, I, I'm usually the last to know about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it would be cool. It would definitely be cool to see. It would, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah, so it's so probably amazing expensive. Enough. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's amazing probably, enough for yeah. us for beyond <laughs> Disney Plus. Probably very know. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy that you know being some on Disney Plus. You know how you know it goes to show how big the show really really is and still is today. Mm -hmm. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um. I I hope it keeps being a thing in people's lives, and I you know I I, yeah. I hope that you know Disney Plus wants to do more content with us, and you know I know we're all yeah. we're all happy to do it, but um. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm glad that people are still watching it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so overall, what do you what do you enjoy most about your work as an actor over the years? In in what way, I guess? What what do I enjoy most? Like like the, an experience or like a project or, or what? In general. Well, in general like yeah. what do you, like well like what do you enjoy most about um, I guess uh yeah well yeah your experience. Like yeah. all the all the experiences you've you know, I think, had as a I think what I've enjoyed the most is um getting to be on different sets and getting to record different things and just like being part of the process, like this creative process, working with a lot of other people who are really yeah. creative and, and really talented. Mm -hmm. Um that's always the most exciting to me is when I'm working with someone who I'm like, this person's really passionate, they're really good at what they do, 
and their creativity is making me better. Like I'm going to be better after this experience because mm-hmm. I work with this person. And, and a lot of times that's something that I find the most exciting. Um, especially when you work with another actor or you, you're working with a musician who's, you know, I learned so much about music because of Phineas and Ferb and I learned so much about animation and about comedy and about doing, you know, different mm-hmm. voices. And yeah. so it's, it's, you know, it's helping other people be better and, uh, you know, realizing their image or their, you know, their, their dream and then them doing the same for me. It, it's a pretty communal thing when you, when you work creatively with people. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that's yeah. my favorite. Of course. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Awesome. awesome. Definitely. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about your work from the past. Can you talk about any projects that you're currently working on? Yeah, I'm working on a uh, on a um, like like young kids show for um, for Disney Plus right now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And uh, earlier this year, I also worked on um, like a medical drama called New Amsterdam. And so oh, I did, yeah, 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 an episode yeah. of that in the last season. Um, and so that was really fun because I got to do something live action again for a second and got to be um, a fun, you know, character actor uh, for the week. And uh, <laughs> that was that was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But I bet you can't say very much about this Disney Plus show that you're working right. on. Yeah, it's probably in its very uh, early stages. Not, yeah. not yeah. yet. But, uh, not yeah. yet. But I can't wait to see it when it comes out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to definitely. it. Very excited about it. Definitely. So mm-hmm. now a- as an actor, there must, you know, obviously there must be some challenges. What challenges would you say you faced uh, as an actor? You know, I I think the the one big downside to doing a lot of creative things, it's not just acting. I know it's this way with musicians and with dancers and, you know, with writers and artists. Any kind of performers. Yeah, artists is is it's not always up to you when you get to do your job. Like I, I make a lot of content with other creative people that I know. And, you know, I, I did a lot of live comedy in New York when I lived there, um, you know, obviously before COVID. Um, and so you're always able to like stretch your legs creatively and stuff like that. But like, you know, if it's up to me, I, I want to work on every cartoon I audition for. I want to, I want to work on so many sets that I, and it just, it's not really up to you all the time. And I think that that's probably the, the hardest part about doing something creatively is it's like, mm-hmm if you care about it and you love it, which I definitely do, I want to work on so many different things. I always want to be in the studio recording a new cartoon or a new video game um, and having a new experience and um, getting better. And so the amount of stuff you can control, you get to control and you get to, you know, like I said, create stuff with other people and create stuff for yourself. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's the amount of, you know, always wanting to, you know, always wanting to do the thing that you love. I I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. What piece of advice would you give to anyone who wants getting to acting and voice acting or, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's with acting in general, it's just if you really care about it and you enjoy it a lot, just do your best to, to work on the craft and know that it's it is mm-hmm. very difficult. It's very hard to to get to work on good stuff. And it's it. There's a lot of rejection oh, yeah. in the entertainment yeah. industry. It's, it's, it's mostly rejection. It is mostly no. <laughs> It is mostly yeah. no thank you. We don't <laughs> like this. Um, and it's so rewarding when you get the yes, but there's a lot of no's unless you're, you know, very famous. Um, <laughs> but then when it comes yeah. to voice acting, I, I just feel like there aren't as many resources as um, there should be for voice actors. Um, mm-hmm. There's some great workshops and great, um, you know, voice acting coaching that you can do. And I encourage people mm-hmm. to do that as well as, um, 
my good friend and coworker, D. Bradley Baker, who I mentioned earlier, he runs a website mm-hmm. called I want to be a voice actor.com. And yeah, it's amazing. Like it's such a good resource yeah. for people who are interested in voice acting. Even people like I, I've gone on there numerous times and, and read stuff, you know, even in, you know, in, in my own history of being a voice actor, but it's super informative and helpful to understand um, the industry, to understand how you can better set up your home setup if you need to. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, um, it's cool to do that because he is one of the biggest voice actors. I was oh, going to yeah, say, yeah, because sure. he's in like everything. Yeah. Like if it's, if it's yeah. animation, he he was I know he was in um the new star the Star Wars Bad Batch series he was in that yeah. so yeah he was in Avatar <laughs> he was in Codename Kids Next Door he was he was in if you think of an animated show he was probably yeah he's in it, it. yeah he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he voiced Perry and he, he's, yeah. he's so good at doing animal noises too they'll do stuff where like they've had him do like animal noises for like some of the rides at Disneyland. Because, like, you wow. sound yeah. better than the B-roll footage of, like, the seagulls. Um, <laughs> he's just, he's he's really talented. He's really good at what he does, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a question, and you might not know this. So, his, I've heard him do the Perry voice outside of, like, is there some editing involved when he records it? Because it, because when I've heard him do it, like, at, like, panels, it doesn't sound the same as it does on the show. No, I don't think so. I, I think it, it it's just probably the sound it's probably design. just different like lengths that he's doing it for and different yeah like it varies. It's a thing where i think i you know i heard i think it was tom kenny say this before because he does you know tom kenny does spongebob and he also mm-hmm. does he also does gary you know he does the, yeah. the, yeah. the meow, but he was talking about how um those sounds are different for different yeah. episodes like they're not it's not actually the same like meow sound every time um, based on like what's going on in the scene, he'll like change it slightly, and so that might be what's going on there too. Is like you're just hearing there's like a slight different like inflection or something on it. But mm-hmm. yeah, as far yeah. as I know, there's no there's no editing being done there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is one of the rare times we actually do this, um, but this is for both you and Phineas. This is one of the rare times we do this. What would you like? What would both of you, I'm gonna start with Vincent first since he's here, obviously. <laughs> what would you like to say to both your fans and supporters of your work? Um, thank you guys so much for enjoying my work and you know, watching it after you know, all these years and, and still watching it. And uh, mm. you know, follow my social media to see sketch comedy that I work on with my sketch comedy group. Um, follow it to see like new projects that I'm working on and you know when premiere dates for shows will be or movies that I work on um, because that's usually either my Instagram or my TikTok or my YouTube page or Twitter any of those really and you'll be able to see when you know new cartoons are coming out and things like that Um, yeah yeah so um, and and now for and now Phineas what would you have to say to all your fans and supporters well I just gotta say thank you so much for supporting me and my brother Spurp and he'd say thank you too, but he really is more of a man of action, so he can't really talk to you right now. But thank you so much for going on amazing adventures with me and my brother all summer. We have had the best time. Yes. Oh, that's great to hear. And and your your social media everything will be in the description down below so people can cool. so people can follow you. So all right. So, so since we're close to wrapping up, this is uh this last question that Matthew's going to ask is basically the question we ask all of our guests it's at the end. It's a staple in every episode. Yeah. Okay. So our show is, of course, called Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. 
So when you think of nostalgia, what do you think of, or how do you find this, the word, how do you define the word nostalgia? Um, to me, the most nostalgic things for me are um, things from when I was very young. And so like mm-hmm. a lot of like 90s mm-hmm. things and like 90s memories that I have about when I was yeah. like, you know, like eight or younger, that's the most nostalgic stuff. And so whether that's, you know, stuff around the holidays, because the holidays always make me nostalgic. I'm oh, always yeah. like, wow, it's, it's another it's another Christmas, you know, it's it's another Christmas. And this is my 30th one, you know, and, and yeah. it makes me think back to like, watching elf for the first time with my family or something and so um the holidays are always very nostalgic as well as um if i see something um like i follow like a, a nostalgia page on like tiktok that shows you like commercials from when you were a kid yeah. oh okay yeah. cool uh-huh. yeah and so that cool. one is so crazy because th- that really Every time I see one of those, that is like, oh my god, yeah. I do remember this. This is so weird. This is from like 2000. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, anyway, this has been an absolute blast, Vincent. Thank you so much um, for yes. being a guest on the podcast. I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for you know for what you've done for all all the years you've done, especially you know being mm-hmm. some verb and you know, yeah, you know, for what you've done, being part of our childhood, and you know and. Mm-hmm. You did a great job for what you've done. Keep up your good work and see what's next for you. Yeah, down the line. Yeah, Thank you guys. Of course. Thank and you and, so uh, and uh, Phineas, is there any last words you'd like to say to the people out there? I just hope that everybody has a wonderful Swinter vacation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a really good Swinter episode. Swinter earlier. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you, you too, Phineas. <laughs> yeah. yeah so well everyone this brings another episode of jake's happiness Nostalgia show to a close we've absolutely enjoyed our time with vincent martella thank you again vincent yes thanks again vincent and as thank always you. remember to keep nostalgia alive take care everyone take care bye-bye. Everyone. Bye-bye. bye-bye bye yeah thank you for tuning in to another wonderful jake's happiness Nostalgia show interview be sure to follow jake and the crew on social media and stream the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts and as always remember to keep nostalgia alive Bye-bye.